Hello 49er fans and welcome to the latest edition of the 49ers Paradise Podcast Show. Thank you all once again for tuning in. This week's show is brought to you by footballsfuture.com, a great resource for all your draft needs. Be sure to check out footballsfuture.com. Alright folks, that brings us to the start of this week's show. I do want to remind everyone that if you're interested in sponsoring a podcast show, please send me an email to brian at 49ersparadise.cjb.net. Obviously, there's a whole lot to talk about um, on the eve of free agency kicking off, and uh, this podcast should be pretty interesting and pretty great. I'm receiving a lot of awesome feedback, so thank you all for that, and I hope that I can continue to bring you a very unique and interesting show. In this week's show, we'll be answering some questions, talking a little bit about the draft, free agency, the offensive coordinator change, of course, some news on Antonio Bryant, and uh, a little bit of the priorities for fixing this Niner team for next season. And that should make for a pretty interesting show, I would think. So right off the bat, I want to talk a little bit about this week's site feature, and that's the draft chats, which have already started. We had one this past weekend, which was or one this past week actually, which was really a great chat. We had Rob in from Football's Future, and it was uh, really interesting. There's a transcript up, of course, on the site if you want to read through it. We have other chats coming up. We have Rob Rain from NFL Draft Scouts starting this this weekend, March 3rd, noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, followed by Scott Wright, who's been with us for a couple of years. He's always on the ball, always knows his stuff. Um, he'll be coming in March 10th, 3 p.m. Eastern, that's noon Pacific time. And, uh, you know, check out all the draft chats because we have one almost every single Saturday from here until the draft. Really going to be an exciting time and some great conversations coming about. Very easy to log into the chat room. Just click on the chat link either on the main page or on the forum or from the navigational drop-down menu under interactive. It's definitely one of those things you won't want to miss. Really really a great way to interact with the community and get some really cool um, advice from some of the draft gurus out there. Of course, these chats are done with uh, completely live, so when you log in, you will be able to talk until a draft expert shows up, at which point we mute the chat and only allow the draft expert and moderators to talk, and uh, you send your questions right to one of the moderators, whoever specified on that day pretty simple and uh, really a great time, so come check it out. We've got a couple questions this week sent in by email. We have one from Mary in San Francisco. Mary's wondering what my take is on the stadium progress, and there was uh, some news issued today by the 49ers, which makes it a little bit easier to answer that question. Um, some of you, probably most of you, are aware of the problems that were happening um, in Santa Clara in terms of pipelines and, and that type of thing. Um, according to the team, the, the pipeline that's in Santa Clara in the stadium will not be in the end zone or where the end zone of the stadium is supposed to be, but actually uh, several hundred feet away from that spot. And uh, the San Francisco Chronicle is actually off on their facts. It's also something that the team has apparently known about for quite some time. And so they're not uh, 
as taken aback by it as perhaps we were when we heard about it, and uh, conversely, they're not as um, worried about it as perhaps the Chronicle would have liked us to have believed. And uh, I think quite right, rightfully so, a lot of us were worried about it because it, it certainly seemed like it would give San Francisco a whole lot of leverage. But um, the team seems to think that it, it won't be too big an issue, and obviously there are three sides to every story. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I do think the stadium progress, I think moving to Santa Clara ultimately will be the right move for this team. Um, I know there'll be a lot of political backlash at first, but at the end of the day, I'd much rather have a team in a functional stadium and, and doing well than a team in a you know dilapidated stadium, unable to attract fans, players. That that just gets ugly and it gets ugly really quickly. Um, interesting. Jed York has gotten a lot of attention lately, and it seems like the team, or you know John York in, in specifics, might be starting to put a little bit more responsibility on Jed's shoulders. Might be looking for him to take over. Uh, sooner rather than later. Certainly, we're hearing a lot more of Jed this offseason than we did last year, and that's, uh, I think, pretty interesting. The other question I have is from Michael in San Jose. Michael's asking what I think about the tendered offer that was given to Andy Lee, who's a free agent. Now, Andy Lee, the punter, has been given a minimum tender, which would entitle the 49ers to a sixth-round pick if he were to accept an offer from another team. Um... Quite honestly, I, I think it's too low a tender. I think Lee has done a tremendous job as punter for this team. I think he's really stepped up his game. I think he's given the team a solid punter, something they've lacked for far too long. And um, I would be very disappointed if he left and all we got is a sixth pick because I really think he's worth more than that. So I was surprised by that. Um, obviously, the 49ers must, you know, have a reason to only give him that pick but or only give him that tender. Maybe they don't think someone will match in the NFL for a punter like that. Um, but they've, you know, been fooled before on the kicker situation. And when you factor in the wins that are at the stick, it's really hard to get both a kicker and a punter who are able to play in that weather. And when you have one, I think you'd want to hold on to them. So I'm a little bit disappointed in that respect. And I don't know. Maybe the team can work out a long-term deal with him as free agency starts. I think that would probably be ideal. Free agency is actually starting right this evening, and that's uh, Thursday evening, 9.01 p.m. Pacific time, or Friday morning, 12.01 Eastern time. And gosh, wouldn't it be something if the team you know, wraps up a deal with linebacker Adelius Thomas right off the bat, make a big, big splash with a guy who can make, you know, make plays. He's a real playmaker. He's the type of guy who could encourage other defensive players or maybe even offensive players to come to the team. Um, I think that would be tremendous, a tremendous way to start off free agency. Um, and I know that the team has sort of said, well, it's not a marathon and it's not uh, not a sprint, so it, you know, it's somewhere in between. But gosh, that's the type of player you want to bring in right off the bat. And uh, there are rumors that a deal might be in place already. And that would just be a great way to start off the free agent period. Now, on the flip side, you know, the general manager, Scott McLuhan, has suggested that five to seven new defensive starters between the draft and free agency. That's pretty, pretty much means they're going to be touching every single position, whether it's safety, cornerback, linebacker, or defensive line, um, with new starters. And uh, that's exciting, eh? I mean, geez, they can, they're basically going to turn over their defense. Now, who sticks around is another question. 
Um, certainly Bryant Young signed a, a one-year deal, but he could be moving into more of a backup role type player. Um, Mark Roman, you'd expect to be around. Manny Lawson, you would expect to be around. One or both of Walt Harris and Shante Spencer, although I think those are areas that the team is looking to improve upon. Um, but their team has about $40 million in cap money, and that's a lot of cash. They're not looking to spend it frivolously. They want to bring in the right guys, and I respect that. Um, but it does sound like they are going to go after high-caliber players, players that can start for this team, and they they will pay for them if they need to, whether that's on offense or defense. And um, I don't think that means they're going to go out and, you know, bid like crazy on every single player on the first day. I fully don't expect that. But I would expect them to go after the top guns um, quite early and with the money needed to bring them in. And, uh, you know, top gun doesn't necessarily mean top name, but I do think that the team is going to look to bring in these top-tier free agents for the first time in a very, very long time, and I find that very encouraging. Um, I would love to, like I said, wake up tomorrow morning and a deal's done with Adelius Thomas. That's the type of playmaker I'd love to see come to San Francisco. And um, I would hope that the coaching staff has something to do with players wanting to come here. And I would hope that uh, the new atmosphere that's being built around would certainly be an asset in that respect. So free agency starting. It's going to be an exciting period. I don't expect it to be a really quick one and done, five and done. I expect it to be an entire process between now and the start of training camp. But I do think that the top players that this team wants, they really are going to go out and get and pay for. My worry is that because there is so much cash floating around in the system um, this year, and there certainly won't be in the following years, that it could present some difficulties when it comes time to renewing the contracts of some of these players or, or other players who want to be paid like these guys are. There simply isn't going to be as much money in the system years from now as there is right now um, in terms of the flexibility that this team has and all teams have in terms of the, the total market picture. So that, that's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I know I am really excited to see what this team does in the free agent period. Now, one of the more interesting reports that have come out of uh, the papers recently is that wide receiver Antonio Bryant may not have as secure a position with the team as originally thought at the end of last year. Now, at the end of last year, uh, despite being suspended, Mike Nolan came out and said, well, Bryant will be back and he'll just be under a short leash. Um, rumor has it that that short leash has now turned into possibly not returning to the team. No decisions have been made yet. Mike Nolan has made that uh, decisively clear, ironically enough. But um, what we do know is Bryant certainly will be missing four games due to suspension, or perhaps there's two left. I can't remember exactly when it happened at the end of last year. He'll be missing some games, and um, that's going to hurt this team. There are guys in free agency, Eric Moulds for one, Dante Stallworth for another, and there are quite a few receivers in this draft that the team might say, you know what, we don't want to have to put up with this Bryant stuff anymore. We're going to go out and get a player that uh, we think fits our system a little bit better. How the team handles that will certainly be interesting, and uh, I know I wasn't overly impressed with Bryant last year. I thought it was a great signing when it did happen. I thought it would be a definite improvement over Brandon Lloyd, and I think it was. As much as I liked the highlight reel catches, I think Bryant was a 
an improvement, but I don't think that's anywhere near what I expect from the number one receiver on this team. Now, there's an argument back and forth about whether or not we need a true number one receiver or just a couple of really, really good receivers who are, you know, number two type guys. But, I mean, we need guys who can make a difference, and we need guys who can catch everything thrown their way, and we need guys who are team players. And I'm not convinced that Bryant is that, and I certainly wasn't impressed with his performance. Now, granted, thanks to our good old friend Kwame Harris, there were quite a few plays that were sort of called back on uh, on Bryant, which would have resulted in big gainers and or touchdowns. And, you know, in his defense, those plays were there. And hopefully we'll improve on our offensive line this season as well, so that won't be a factor. Um, but I, I won't be completely upset if Bryant is sort of let go or traded this offseason. I think uh, that's entirely possible, and uh, it wouldn't bother me at all. I, I do think the team needs to address the receiver position. I don't think they've done it sufficiently in Bryant. Um, that being said, Arnez Battle, he's not a number one either. He's uh, what I would think a number three receiver should be, and uh, I think the team really needs to address that issue this offseason. Perhaps the biggest news that's come out of the organization though this week, and uh, it's been a very busy week, as I'm sure you can tell by the lengthiness of this podcast, is that the team promoted Jim Hostler, the team's quarterback coach, to its offensive coordinator position. Now, this move is uh, interesting in that the team really didn't have a whole lot to choose from to fill the role of Norv Turner, who took off to San Diego. Um, Hostler obviously has a good rapport with quarterback Alex Smith. He knows the system. He worked very closely with Norv Turner. He grew up in the Coriel system, which is what the Niners are running. And so he seems to be a decent fit. The The big catch on him is he's young and inexperienced. He only has one year of play calling under his belt. It was uh, at a Division three school. And uh, so that's the big negative on him. There, There is a whole lot of, yeah, he can go out there and prove himself. He's been game planning um, on his own for the past three years or so. Um, he's got a great view of the entire offense. Um, but he's young and inexperienced. And that's going to be the whole argument around it. And uh, I don't know about you guys and you girls out there, but the truth of the matter is I'm a little bit sick of the whole inexperienced argument. He is supposed to be the best man for the job, um, according to Mike Nolan, and I, I hate to think there are going to be more growing pains. I know there are going to be more. I just don't want to hear it as an excuse anymore. Um, you know, this is Nolan's third year where he should be expecting things to fall into place. It's Smith's third year. Um, I... I'm honestly not convinced Hosler is the, the best fit of the candidates that Mike Nolan had access to, and that, that's from within the organization itself. Unfortunately, because of the timing of things, he wasn't able to go look at, you know, the Ken Zampinis or the Jim Caldwells. Um, they weren't accessible because of the timing. So when you look at the 49ers roster of coaches, you've got guys like Jerry Sullivan, extremely experienced wide receiver coach, not much experience as an offensive coordinator in calling plays. You have Hostler, who was promoted. You have uh, George Warshop, the offensive line coach, who's been uh, a lot around for quite a while. You, you've got Pete Honer, who I honestly thought was the front runner for the position, um, the team's tight end coach. Bishop Harris, the team's running back coach. A whole lot of experience 
Holster is probably the least experienced of that bench, and um, I hope he banks on the experience of these other guys in terms of putting his game plans together and getting this team ready to play on Sunday because there's a lot of questions left to be filled here. Um, I hope he has what it takes. I hope that Nolan taking the chance on him proves worthy. Um, I think he will be around, even if he does an exceptional job for at least a couple years, which is a bright point. But I don't think that's what the goal should have been in promoting um, any one of them. Certainly, I think that if any of the other guys, Bishop Harris, Pete Honer, George Warshop, or Jerry Sullivan, stepped up and did a fantastic job with the offense, they'd be gone, um, simply because these are really well-experienced coaches who just haven't really fit into the offensive coordinator position very well before, and teams seem to be attacking 49ers coaching staff uh, left, right, and center this offseason, and I expect, unfortunately, the same thing next season. Consistency is important, but so is getting the best man into the position. And um, I'm hoping Jim Hostler is that man. I just don't have, and I'm not, uh, sorry, but uh, I don't know if it's Hostler or Hostler, so I've pronounced his name both ways. Hope that's not a problem for you guys out there. But uh, in any case, I'm not convinced he's the best man. I hope he'll convince me. Um, I hope Nolan made the right choice in taking this young guy and giving him a shot. Maybe he will be um, the next Norv Turner. Hopefully he will be. Hopefully he'll be with the team for a while and he'll bring the offense to that next level and uh, the team can move forward. Certainly his rapport with Alex Smith and the consistency in that respect is uh, something that should benefit the team. But there's a whole lot of unknown around him and um, quite frankly, I'm not convinced yet. And like I said, I hope I will be convinced. And that, of course, brings us to um, the draft and how that's shaping up. The uh, Combine was this weekend, and um, for the first time ever, 49ers Paradise had a reporter right there. We had Sean Zobel. Um, he's a draft analyst. He runs a site, Draft Headquarters, and he's been providing exclusive content to 49ers Paradise this year, and he will continue to provide it um, throughout the year. Now, Sean did an amazing job covering the Combine. He was there. He was in the thick of things. And uh, he brought a whole lot of great reports. They're available on the form in the admin section or check out the 2007 49ers Paradise Draft Field. They're all linked to from there. Great reports. Um, it's interesting to see how the Draft Combine plays around with player positioning based on timing and whatnot. It seems to me like the 49ers put a lot more emphasis on game tape, which I like. It seems like what they want to see at the Combine is the competitiveness of the players between each other. They want to see that, you know, everyone who they draft or who they intend on drafting goes out there and tries to win it and win it in a big way. And so that's something I think that is a good thing to take away from the Combine. I, I really don't think that, I mean, numbers mean something, but they're not running in pads. Um, certainly the videos and the scouting that's done during the football, the college football season is more important than what actually happens at the combine, and I'm happy that the team looks that way as well. Um, there's uh, a lot of speculation, obviously, as to which way the team will go in the draft and at the 11 position. Um, I don't see the team moving up. I think they want to sort of get quite a few players. I do expect the team to do couple double or triple drafting per position which could mean a couple receivers it could mean a couple defensive linemen cornerbacks or linebackers um they may add 
an offensive lineman, but I think the the main focus will be on the defensive side of the ball and perhaps at receiver. So it'll be interesting to see how the team goes about it. I think the team will probably stay at its 11th pick if they want to move up into the first round with their second round pick. I, I see that as more of a possibility than moving down. But of course, come draft day, it depends who's still on the board and what the team uh, has in terms of firepower to make the trades they want to make. And, uh, you know, the the rumors are that the team will have eight picks in the first day, and that's certainly going to be exciting. So I, I really encourage you to check out the draft field. It's got a lot of awesome news, and it will continue to be updated throughout the offseason. So that's um, really what I have to say in this week's podcast. I want to remind you all that it's very easy to call in or send in emails to the show. You can email the show, brian at 49ersparadise.cjb.net. Ask your questions or call into the show. There are local numbers from throughout the world. Just click on the phone link in the top right-hand corner of the main page. Or if you're dialing locally from San Francisco, dial 415-376-7297. Then dial star 747-628-7149 to be connected directly to 49ers Paradise and have your take or question played over the air. Thank you all once again for tuning in. Until next time, take care, have fun, and let's get going on this free agency period.